Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Good morning, it's Inside Nigeria, the midweek edition today, November 24, 2021. My name is Bode Radibo, my cousin Suja. I'm not alone. I'm with my co uncle, Jennifer. Well, different stories to dissect this morning on the front pages of some national daily standing with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, the leadership. And of course, after that, we shall be looking into the planned national convention of the ruling on progressive congress in February 2022. How feasible is that? Member of the party, that chieftain of the party, will be talking to us on that matter. And don't forget the NSAS uh, panel reports of Labour State is still raising doctors. And of course, that story is on the front pages this morning. We shall also be looking into that. I don't know why Lagos panel reports alone is one raising doctors. Why we have about 25 states. That have constituted panel of inquiry into police brutality against Nigerians. And you know, actually, you know, Lagos because it's where <laughs> it was the center point. Quite expectedly, yes. The federal government, through the Minister of Information, Line One, actually described that report as fake news. It was full of errors and. Well, we do that at the right time. Let's start the newspaper review segment with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, The Leadership. On the front page of Leadership this morning, Lagos Pensas panel. Civil society organizations divided over federal government dismissal of reports as fake news. Lagos Pensas panel. Civil society organizations divided over federal government dismissal of reports as fake news. Information Minister says report full of errors cause panel a disgrace. It's a shoddy job, waste of resources, according to someone. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Minister of Information. Uh, oh, wow. Well, you know, I it's wish we had the like, CSOs they are talking to us. Yes, what they feel. Have, I think we have um, sometimes Of course, today. probably tomorrow yes, we will bring someone who understands better. Yes, but you don't expect that uh, it will be a perfect book, please, you understand? Given the, although we have it here anyway, but in terms of uh, shoddy, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, untidiness that I saw. After one year of sitting. Yes, they gave me For instance, the MD, the doctor, Redditing Hospital, they interviewed him. And he admitted that there were 99 boxes of things in their mouth. But he, that he doesn't know where all of them are from. You know, I expected that three department would be victim of accidents or any other thing. But that they were brought in literally the time the exercise was voted for four days. That's the name of that book. That got a forensic effort, but not maybe autopsy of some of those boxes. Yes, but and to my dismay, because I was following up in a parent cities, they called for a break. I called for a break at this point in time with this disclosure we just had. And you know, even in their report, they said they just didn't want to go for it. And for me, my take is why the federal government is speaking on Lagos in such panel reports because. You have about 25 or 26 states investigating police brutality. Why can't you wait for all of them, according to you, to turn in their reports and see what you can do? Then, from what the Minister of Information said yesterday, it seems the federal government is not interested in giving wounds. The federal government is interested in providing support. Go. wounds and move forward. The reason is so clear because there, there is a alleged, I don't want to use the word, I don't want to but nobody has done that. The military who are going to be federal were drafted to the scene and they thought you know what happened. That's alleged anyway. And so, what, know, is, alleged? what is alleged? Now, soldiers went there. 
on the invitation of the uh, state government. On land, uh, uh, protesters, exactly. you understand? Exactly. So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want to. You understand? So, that is why the federal government is waiting if they don't want Unnecessary. Very, very unnecessary. They were sitting in somewhere because the government actually called them. them to come and do this job. And that panel was chaired by an eminent jurist, yes. a justice, who I learned has integrity and character. Yes. So, coming out now to denigrate them on the basis of some typographical error. Who started it? It was even the legal state. Uh, uh, government lawyer. That's exactly. That means it was a bait. Then, yes. So it's what, a job uh, the minister, foundation minister, is, is riding on. If you notice, when the uh, panel, when the report came out initially, the federal government was And I think the, the, the panel members have shown maturity. Yes. Have been in fact, that the, uh, the government uh, uh, lawyer, who all the wife was not participatory, I got to know that he was not really going there to meet with them. Again, they started portraying. This attack was portraying votes in the report. I think that was what now gave vent to every you know new commander swooping on it and saying, "Oh yes, it's true. This one being popular, this one yes, it's true." The panel members, just by this attack, all around attack, have shown maturity. Because since on Sunday, the most vocal member of the panel, the Bonjour Adeguru, has seen how people have been in talk with him and he said, "Well, see." I've stopped talking on this. I'm waiting for the legal states white panel, white paper panel report. That's after then I cannot talk. But whatever anybody will say about me, I will not talk. Now this morning again, I spoke with him. See, you have been criticized by the Minister of Information. What do you have to say? He told me again. See, I'm not talking. In fact, I'm in court as we speak. Go yeah. ahead with your program. I will not talk. I will not talk. So you know, for me, exactly, they've not engaged in some altercation. With the government and people, which for me is maturity. And so far, too, I've not had anything from the chairperson of the panel. She has maintained and yeah. So that is maturity. So because efforts have been made, as well as the government lawyer to integrate them, you know, cast them in a bad light. You know, remember, we also, you also mentioned that uh, they were given the past 800, they used about 800 million uh, sitting allowance, just that in the year. You know, it's, it's of course. Our government warranted the attack is our warranted. It's always like the Nigerian system. All right. We need to move away to our sister publication, the National Economy. National Economy. National Economy today. Federal government is to spend 200 billion naira monthly to cushion the fight of subsidy removal. Federal government to spend 200 billion naira monthly to cushion the fight of subsidy removal. The rider says. The mobile must be accompanied by aggressive reform efforts. World Bank says in Nigeria. And Aerofire is governor of the Atlantic State. Uh, Aerofire says state governments will support total removal of world subsidy. That's not my This, uh, I think, was a briefing. Uh, no, not a briefing. I think a revelation from the Minister of uh, Finance, Dr. Zina Pane, yesterday. The World Bank event here in she told the World Bank of Nigeria uh, it was actually ready to remove the first subsidy from the middle of first quarter of 2022. And consequently, there will be 5,000 transportation allowance to 40 million Nigerians considered to the poor of the poorest. Uh, or the poorest of the poor. Yes, the government should go about it or go about it already because uh, this first subsidy remover. To remove or not to remove has been like a sort of damocles hanging over the head of Nigerians over the years. 
it's not even enough to remove subsidies. You need to tell people why you are removing it, even though we all know that it's fraught with corruption and uh, it's unsustainable. It needs, you need to remove it. But then, have you pushing the defects? They told us only 40 million and they are considered to be the poor of the poorest, or poor, well, yeah, poor of the poorest, and poorest of the poor will take a 5,000 transportation allowance. Two, maybe they will use the social, uh, whatever register to do this, and we are not sure how credible is that yes. register. It's 400 million they are projected. Yeah, it's far less compared to our amount of spending. It will be noted that those that is actually projected, they are not going to spend it. It's all at the end of the day. No, we can't say it will be noted. That's why it's actually going to be noted. No, we say it will be noted. We are accusing them ahead. You understand? But already I'm questioning something. The register they will use to pay this money to poor. Yes, how do you know? Then. Exactly. Or it will be a means of control. Of course, we have the largest population that we need oh, So, and so they say they will transfer the money. So, are you not going to give They need them? to convince Nigerians about so the modalities. That's just what's going the Because they don't bank, the poor of the forest don't bank. They have a large number of unbanked Nigerians that don't go to bank. Also, 70% of the people don't want that of the poor live in the rural areas. So, a lot of things don't need to be done because even the COVID 19. So, how are they going to challenge the money to them? It's better they don't let them not even go there. You can go through all that means you don't have to send the money to the person. Like How services. do you know them? This register. You don't know how credible it is. Remember the COVID 19 identity. It was on the basis of man no man. People yeah, close to their party. And if not for that. Even the Lisa microfinance COVID 19 loans were not given to people that really. Uh, needed the money, it was even based on what people they know. And for that, uh, it has protest, it does make, how do you call it, with the food loss to cover it. And you know, at the end of the day, they started breaking it. So we had ruled out that there were so many food up. Even most of those were the always, were known for COVID-19. Some, they they were were personal. some were personal. Some were personal. No, honestly, some were personal. And the whole thing was unnecessary. But then, how do we... Very very unnecessary, but they will be hidden. Yes, they were hidden. Yes, that have been warehouse for a long period of time, and they were not even the things. At the end of the most of these foods would have just turned bad. Like I heard some situations whereby they broke into all this, you know, all across all the uh, parts of the country, and the food were already bad. Gary was already bad, so it's sad. So they do not even left to know personally. There's no need for even the four hundred billion subsidy. Because at the end of the day, the forest of the poor <laughs> cannot be uh, cannot access any of the Well, let's see how this we actually play. I think the people tongues are wagging already because they said we have five work to be over three hundred and a parents from the middle of twenty twenty two. I hope that does not happen. State governments are already supported you know, it's more money for their own allocation. They believe the subsidy is taking the lot from what they are getting at the end of that every month. And yes, it's very, it's very good. It's not when then we've been talking, there's been talks about the years, lots of subsidy removal to be or not to be. Like I just pointed at the beginning, like that's been like a sort of a and give over every one of us uh, our heads. Yeah, you know, for, yeah. Let them just be done some It's just like it was. Some uh, this person subsidy, but it's not enriched the energy which we do. Those are very important so it's better than the so at the end of the day, let's see the We need to go on a short break. When we come back, we'll continue. We'll be right back. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. It's still inside Nigeria. This Wednesday morning, November 24, 2021. Well, we have Vanguard as a lesson to our money this morning. And of course, on front page of Vanguard, this morning, killings, emo government, killings, emo government, battles and over bonds houses, shops, 
killings, inner governor battles army over bond houses, shops. It's an appropriate response. It's not an appropriate response, Uzodima. Others high-powered investigation as government bond inner police station kill cop. It's not an appropriate response, according to Governor Pope Uzodima. Others high-powered investigation as government bond inner police station kill cop. Well, this is one uh, story too many in the last three days. These killings. Wow, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I think the, that question should go to the governor, which is constitutionally responsible for security and welfare of citizens. In the last three days, it has been one killing or the other in the Indian state. And I remember yesterday, the Imo West Senator and the Indian Party of the Indian state, Rochas Kurocha, raised a point of order on the floor of the Senate, drawing attention to the killing spree in the Indian state. Every day, Please, please, please. But why Imo especially? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't remember when the correctional facility was attacked and uh, inmates were afraid. You know, remember police connections were attacked. In fact, in the all the attacks in the southeast, Imo has been the, the center of the center. I think it's the worst case. So I don't know whether this is related to IPOP or this is just related uh, case situation. But what is important is what was the government doing to bring peace, lasting peace back to the United States? Well, we're supposed to be joined by Angela Nkoapolu, leadership correspondent in Imo State, to provide insight or updates on the security situation in Imo State. While we await Angela to join us from away, the Imo State capital, we will move forward to the next news brief. This is the what you have this day newspaper. This day says what bank? Our government stays hoping for the salaries in 2022 if we're subsidy is What bank? Federal government states will be able to pay salaries in 2022 if we're subsidy is paid. Gary, that's the NPC. And NPC may start in but it's not uh, different though from a different angle yes. from our national economy story but look at the arguments it came from Removal of course, subsidies that governments and states will be able to pay salaries in 2022. How have they been paying for donkey years that first subsidies have been in place? No, no argument is neither here nor here. And it boils down to getting our priorities right and taking away corruption from our day to day government uh, activities. The from uh, produce from the farm to the market, we have to pay more, and they are also going to now factor in the extra cost into the cost of those commodities. Exactly. So, invariably, every other thing is going to be on the line. So, how bad can we get? How how worse can we And uh, the only thing the government is thinking about is to provide transportation allowance to the poor for only forty million. So the rest. They consider us making rich. <laughs> so we should bear the consequences, you understand. But I don't think it's also reasonable that we buy a little of wealth at over 300 Being a major oil producing country in Africa, we have the oil, we have four refineries, they are not working. Make them work. That was one of the 
uh, campaign promises we make when you're coming during yes. the meeting. Then we have about two also private refinery coming on stream. Dangote is ready maybe oh, yes. in 2022. So by the time we have our four functional, we have also two private yeah. ones. We have this one. Uh, exactly. But I think that is what we am hoping and praying. When you pack your car and take public transport, you will pay, pay exorbitant uh, more transport fees. You understand? And you know the convenience will not be there. There is a convenience of driving your car different from what you what is obtainable on the public transport. So I think we will become a different among the community and nations. This is a major oil producing country which for public refinance, none is working. Despite the campaign promise by this government when they were coming to anything that they will make refineries work, yes, at that point in time they say subsidy was a fraud. They will remove it. Yeah, but they couldn't remove it for six years. You know, remember we also had uh, Occupy Nigeria doing uh, uh, a opposition to the They were behind it. The people in government now were there in opposition, they were behind it. When Jonathan was about removing subsidy, he said it's not possible. You can't yeah. do that. And you know, then, then you know, they just realize the truth now. In the international, the fear of prices has gone up. You know what happens is that when the fear of crude oil rises, exactly. invariably, what it means is that we'll be paying more. Exactly. Yeah, in Nigeria. And that was what happens that I mean, it has increased. And Jonathan was planning to increase fear to about 80 something naira per liter. And occupied Nigerians said, you know, they went to the occupied Lagos. So Jonathan was supposed to so what happens? And that subsidy was not that they they they've seen, and now they said, no, we cannot continue uh, paying subsidy. So let's see what happens. Like I said, it's been a subsidy, they've let them pay for the process. Been there, oh, we are going to, oh, subsidy. Like the country, for they are still the same ones benefiting with this subsidy. Uh, okay. Let it be removed once and for all. Let's see what happens. I think we will not die. We survive. Alright, we will survive. But if the ashes is too much, then we know we survive. Alright, uh, we need to go on a short break. When we come back, we'll be looking into the proposed of plans. APC National Convention for February 2022. How feasible is that uh, convention and cost to provide uh, insight into that uh, subject is a chieftain of the ruling APC chief Ray Murphy. We'll be back shortly. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Well, welcome back to Inside Nigeria. This Thursday morning, Wednesday morning. November 24, 2022. <laughs> Oh, peaceful as usual. You said? So, I said you said peaceful as usual. Oh well, let's say I'm declaring so, what I want as a Christian. Oh well, it's peaceful. You, the incident occurred in somewhere they call our mama in Oru East, but oh well, it's actually peaceful. It's always been peaceful. So all the crises we read about in the newspapers happens outside this capital. Oh well. Yes, it, it happens outside the state capital. The you would remember there was an incident at Oguta local government in somewhere in Izombe where a community was almost wiped out in the case of what happened in our mama um, some days back. Um, we've also had similar incidents somewhere around Ngobala. Uh, I can't remember the exact community now. So yes, the, the 
mayhem, if that's what you, if you allow that phrase, happens outside the work, state cap, outside the state capital, which is away, and where the government house is sited. Well, that's where incidents well maybe because um well, it has more people that are actually non-indigents yes perhaps that's an issue so it's not actually concentration of uh, natives or locals if you prefer it's more like a cosmopolitan place the city the government house is there the police command is there the civil defense is there the army barracks is not too far away it's somewhere in obinzi and then um, all the other paramilitary centers are everyone has presence each of them better still has press companies the banks the yes i think there is heavy press oh we're not necessarily heavy presence a lot of people based in norway are actually not from emo state so they may not be involved in communal or community um meetings as it were that may all right, Angela, let's come yes. to this presentation at hand. The issue of uh, alleged army attack on the village you just mentioned earlier. Awamawa or something. Now, yes. you can see the front page of Baghdad newspaper. The governor is not happy. But the army denied. In their statement I read yesterday, they said they only responded to a distress call. So, as we speak now, what's the situation of things in that village and in Timo State? Well, yes, the incident occurred at um, Awamama. It's in Oru East local government. I think not too far away from the state governor's um, country home, actually. Unfortunately, it's it's like a pattern I explain out in my states. There is an issue with um, gunmen, and um, somehow, if the gunmen bolt away, if they run away, the the army men, quote and unquote. Um, have this system wherein they come for reprisals and in the process they they level the place. In the case of our mama, yes, the guy, the military guy was doing tra was controlling traffic, according to reports. And then this gunman stormed the place, um, and in the process they killed one. And of course they escaped. They ran, they ran away. But in 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 response. The military guys will just show up. Of course, they have denied it, but of course, there are so natives would the, the natives didn't call police. They didn't call civil defense. These are people that ordinarily maybe come by uh, maybe snacks or something in the course of discharging their duties. So it's not as if they don't know them. They came and no life was lost. They they didn't kill anybody. I think so. I haven't reported any, but in the process, they leveled community, a whole community. It, it was a, a, a traumatic sight to see women, to see children running, minors, you know, running to nowhere exactly on that fateful day. And it's been like that. It happened in our mama some months ago. I think um, about two months ago, it was the same scenario in Oguta. Um, the youth had an altercation with military men supposedly accompanying somebody that was doing oil bunkering or something. This Oguta has huge deposits of uh, crude oil. And in the process, um, they exchanged words. One died and what have you. And then the next day, People, as I speak to you, I know the traditional ruler of that community, his house was raised down. He's operating outside his own community. And that has been like a pattern. Any concern, any altercation that natives have with army men, the, the army people have a way of coming back for represa. And it's not to fish out who the perpetrators are. It's actually to inflict pain on innocent people. A whole lot of people are going to start thinking of how to build houses, especially in this time that inflation is not exactly very nice. Well, Angela, before we allow you to go, let's assume, you know, army, the soldiers are there to maintain peace, law and order. So let's say 
Can, can, can it, is, is it possible to say that attack was not carried out by, by soldiers and it could be some other misdemeanor or government leader and try to actually discredit the army? Or there are incontrovertible evidence that it was the army. Yes, there is. There, yes, there are in contract, but intro. In, forgive me. There are verifiable evidence to show that it is actually military men that did this, and a whole lot of them are not from the Igbo-speaking part of the country. That's a serious allegation, honestly speaking. And I hope the army authorities will do the needful. Even though they initially stated yesterday they said they were not, they only went to that place on Israel. Yes, that that is the claim, but. You know when army officials are involved, you dare not who not not even your ID card will save. It's you you it's it's wanton destruction of properties, wanton destruction. A whole lot of women that are probably into just petty trading, supporting their husbands, and in some cases they are already widows. They have children to cater for. Such people, I for, sincerely speaking, I really don't know how they are going to move on. And in the process, you will expose people to crime, you will expose people to criminality. So it's a vicious circle. And not forgetting that in my state, in April, the correctional center was invaded and over 1,800 um, suspects, or better still, inmates, were let loose. Since that incident, there has been about seven or eight attacks on police formations in the state. There are some communities, there are some local government that do not have police presence. The divisional police centers have been uh, raised down. So what it means is that there is heavy um, security presence. Police have to come from the police command. They would go for, there's a word they use, patrol, yes. They go for patrol in such places, especially because there is no um, police presence so sometimes response can be very slow but unfortunately the implication is that there are a lot of miscreants causing havoc on people kidnapping has also um, taken center stage you will recall that um, a one-time former deputy governor prince Eze madume his father was kidnapped on sunday while he was going for an event and a whole lot of such issues so those are the underlying issues you you wreck people and in the process you raise a process of not just poverty but in the same process you raise uh, mayhem many thanks to you for waiting time to join us this morning on inside nigeria so thank you so much we can advise you to stay safe and enjoy the rest of the day i will thank you All for right. having me too we've been joined by chief ray murphy chief of the all progressive Congress from his base in Calabar, Cross University. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, hi, Chief. Good morning, sir. How is Calabar this morning, Chief? Uh, I'm just in Cross River. I'm not exactly in Calabar, but I'm in Cross River. You know, Cross River is a very large state. Very, very large. Very hmm? right, so I'm, uh, I am in the northern parts of Cross River State. We're fine. Everything is good. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to business, Chief. Your party. Yeah. Uh, uh, yesterday or so, just announced that your convention will be coming up in February 2022. Chief, can you share with us why the delay in the first place? Why did they do what? Why the delay? Why the delay in the first place? The delay. Oh, 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 oh. you know, uh, to be very frank with you, to be, to be very frank with you, I will not use the word delay. I would okay. rather use the word um, to give enough time for all the variables to come together. You will recall that there's a, there are those process, um, appeal committees include uh, to, to enter a national convention without giving enough time for peace building would not be a good move. So I think that the people who set up the date for February are very mindful of some of the issues involved. So I think it's a good thing that there's this time to build consensus because uh, the more time you have the more more likely it is for you to have a consensus without resorting to conflicts so i don't agree with the word delay i agree with the word um it's timely it's a good time it's a good plan thank you okay. so i don't worry that uh, as you speak there are so many uh, many of the states have a faction congresses 
yeah yeah that's why that's why we speak about allowing time um I, let me let me tell you that i have been involved in congresses for quite a long time and uh, there are very little very few congresses that you have that people being nigerians that will lose and not resort to some kind of brinkmanship the uh so-called parallel congresses exist quite frankly, only the, on the pages of newspapers. And I'll tell you why. You know, to have a, a Congress outcome, you must follow a certain process. That process involves recognizing both the screening committee and the Congress committee that came from national headquarters. If you didn't go through those processes and go sit down in your bedroom, on your wife's bedroom, and then you come up with a a list and say it's a parallel structure, that is actually overstretching that imagination. You can't have a parallel structure without going through uh, a recognized Congress committee. So those parallel structures in, in reality do not exist. Beyond that, we've also gone through appeal committees. I, well, I have been chairman of appeal committee. Uh, in fact, I was chairman of appeal committee to Niger State. And I can tell you very frankly, that even though I read there's a parallel um, structure in Niger State, that's not true. Because when I sat as a pre committee chairman, not one person came forward to complain about the Congresses. Not one person. Not one person came forward to complain about not being given a fair chance. So, but people go sit down somewhere just to get media attention and get noticed by their benefactors. They go and say that they, they have a parallel structure. It doesn't exist. That's the truth. Even in Cross River State, where I come from, some people uh, went to a hotel room, uh, put a banner on the wall, and declared a congress, and then came out with the result and said that the congress that the parallel structure. If you ask me, if it's not for the fact that some of the people who lead uh, the party are a little bit faint-hearted, I would ask that those people should be uh, asked to, to answer questions on uh impersonation because they did it they're not they're not they're not they're not parallel structures at all i hope i've made it a little bit clearer about these parallel structures you need to have very clearly a process that produces a structure you can have by way of analogy you cannot have a person who is not a doctor who is not working in a hospital come out and say i'm a doctor that's called impersonation no training, no processes. Even though we know that people come up today and say, I'm a pastor, when they have not gone to a Bible school or when they have not been ordained, but who can't do that in a party. You can't wake up from your house and say you're chairman of the state. Same thing. Right, Thank you. Uh, the, February, <laughs> uh, the February date for the convention is not too far again, just about less than three months, less than three months from now. So, and that time, February 2022, will be about six months again away from party primaries, according to the INEC timetable. Party yeah. primaries and some hearing, you know, campaigns ahead of the 2023 general election. Now, yeah. will your party will be able to survive the the, 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 the challenges, the, the workload? Because there could be crisis arising from your convention. Now, without taking that crisis very close to electioneering period, will you be able to actually deal with that when the time comes? Uh, my dear, my dear sister, let me uh, say this to you very clearly. Um, it is only in Nigeria that we start electioneering when uh, election season has not started. The fact is that we are just about two years into a term. The people who have who are in power should govern. They shouldn't politic. Politicking should come close to the electioneering period. I think that APC in, got it right in this regard. Simple fact is that when you start these processes, you're distracting from governance. And this is a time when this country requires governance. We are at a period in our lives when we require governance. You must agree with that. And you must agree that it is not good enough to throw away two full years of a tenure in the effort to, to put a transition or to create new tenures. My view and our view is that our party got it right. We should delay these processes as much as possible to allow those in power now 
to have an opportunity to govern. Because once you start the processes, it becomes a distraction. Now, I must tell you very clearly that six months is more than enough to put a party together. I have been, I repeat, I've been involved in congresses and stuff. The last national convention of the APC, I was the chief of staff of the convention. Uh, I have been chairman of our com Congress committees as far back as 2002. I was chairman of Congress committee in Boronu State, 2002. I was a secretary of a Congress committee uh, in Anambra State, I think 2000, uh, that produced uh, Tony Moye and all of that. I've been involved in this thing for donkeys. And I can tell you, it doesn't take anything. All it takes is for the party itself to be organized, know its members. Um, a, a, a Congress, a convention, is simply what it is, a coming together of party men. We do eight grade meetings every day. We do uh, town hall meetings every day. What makes you think that convention is such a big deal? It is not. It's simply a getting together to fill the polls of the party people as to who the uh, the direction of the party, and if it's for uh, congresses, uh, elective congresses, it becomes a period to you know, fill their polls on who their candidates should be. So six months is more than enough, in my view. And again, between now and that February time, we have enough time, like I said, to to uh, consolidate and uh, ruffle feathers and uh, assuage those who felt they did not get the best outcomes. But remember, in every contest, there has to be winners and losers. Thank yep. you so much. Now, the yeah. issue of the five primaries has become the bone of contention between governors on one hand. Sorry, let me get that again. Issue, let me get that again. Issue of what? It's direct primaries. Yeah, direct primaries, yes. yes. I can hear so you now. It's become a bone of contention between some governors on one hand and lawmakers on the other hand. So what's your view on that? Um, it's a very simple thing. Um, a direct primary is an opportunity to ask every party man his opinion. An indirect primary is an opportunity to ask only delegates their opinion. Some people will prefer to deal with delegates. Some people will prefer to deal with every party man. Both uh, processes are legitimate. If you want to deal with delegates, Fair enough, delegates are elected. As we speak, I'm a national delegate to the convention that is coming. That means my, my people's views will be heard through me as a delegate. If we choose, if we had chosen direct for this convention, it means, <coughs> excuse me, it means that everyone's view, every party member in Ogoja, his views will be sought. But in the case of delegate, I now go to speak for the party men from Ogoja local government. Because the people in Ogoja local government has chosen me as a delegate, they are delegate to the national convention. You can see the difference is uh, very clear. The only differences actually are, one, you have much more expense. To be able to hear from every party man is, is very expensive. But on the other hand, it's also more authentic. Because my people can elect me as a delegate and I go to Abuja on the convention day and do what they didn't ask me to do. They have no choice. I'm already their delegate. But if the, if people came to them directly and put them on a line using option A4 to be very clear what their thoughts are. So uh, clearly both uh, methods are legitimate, but you need, you need to ask yourself, what are the expenses involved? What are the logistics involved? How easy has it been for INEC? to conduct elections. Because what you're doing now is to say, theoretically, if there are one million party men in a state, it means that those one million party men will be available for a primary. That is a horrendous oppression. But if you reduce it to delegates, it means that those who are elected delegates, if they chose to elect three delegates for local government and there are 40 local governments, they're now dealing with you know, practically 120 people instead of dealing with one, one million people. Now, those who argue for direct primaries say that delegates are, are easily manipulated. Selection process is manipulated. Outcomes are manipulated. Those who want uh, indirect primaries 
argue that the logistic involved in dealing with every party man is horrendous. So there are arguments on both sides. So my view is simple. Whichever one that can better represent democracy should be adopted. So that every party man will have an opportunity. Like I said, I'm a delegate for my local government. It means I go to Abuja for the convention. My people are not going to go along with me, but they are trusting that their views are going to be carried forward by me. What if I go to Abuja and do something else? See, that's what the argument for direct primaries are. But then, like I said, you are dealing with only me now as a delegate. If you wanted to deal with the party men in my local government, you may be dealing with something like 30,000 people, possibly. You can see the difference in terms of cost. So I really have no personal opinion on this matter, but looking at which best represents democracy at this time. All right, Jim, You're welcome. The way from politics and talk about the column you wrote in leadership yesterday, just yesterday, uh, on our back page, you wrote the, yes. about the uh, drug abuse and the NDLA fight against uh, the Malays. But then suddenly yeah. you raise a very important issue yes. about sidedness in the recruitment process of the NDLA. So how do we stop this? Because NDLA is a critical uh agency in the fight against drug abuse and you praise them very well for what they are doing but sadly you say the last recruitment of narcotic officers 80 percent of the intakes out of the 1000 80 percent was in favor of you know, why the whole south got only 20 percent how did we get here uh, and what out you know my brother i can say this to you very squarely if you don't have participation you're already failing. Let's settle that one clearly. If you look at the statistics of drug abuse, the preponderance of drug abuse right now tends to be in certain places, including Lagos, including Port Harcourt. Let me just stop with that. The percentage of drug abuse in Lagos is higher than the percentage of drug abuse in most of the northern states. To be able to checkmate drug abuse in Lagos, you cannot bring someone from Borono to come and checkmate drug abuse in Lagos. You should know that. Very simple. You have to bring those who understand the people who speak the language, who know the terrain, and who can have easy access to intelligence. So first of all, the idea that you are recruiting people who are not themselves the direct victims of drug abuse to fight drug abuse is a misnomer and a misunderstanding in the first place. Without proper participation, you're not going to have a success. That is number one. Number two, I am one of those who find it a little bit funny that when you look at the school results, look at the um, WIAC results, NACO results, JAM results, look at admission outcomes, there are more persons from Southern Nigeria who are graduating out of institutions. But when it comes to employment, you find that certain Nigerians are usually not qualified. That itself is a misnomer and is not, is not good enough. Then the third one is a very simple fact. You know, um, exam results is actually a function of competence. No matter how much, how many people say that they are sorting, there is uh, other variables. The truth is that exam results tend to be a tendency of the actual. Now, how come those who do well in exams, who have shown mental capacity, mental skills, you leave them and employ those who have no such mental skills? How could such persons now be able to deal with the high tech, with the intelligence, with the uh, savvy, let me use that word, savvy, with the street criminality that are displayed by very, very intelligent drug couriers and drug industry. If you were to ask me, I will tell you that the recruitment of NJA should actually reflect uh, drug abuse. If Lagos is a, a point of entry and a point of export, then more Lagosians should be recruited into the agency. If Port is a point of abuse, a point of consumption, more indigenous of River State should be employed for that purpose. Once you miss that, you are going to lose the drug fight. It's as simple as that. Now, apart from the NDLEA, 
if you, any of you were privileged to read the outcome of the FCTA uh, lists that I think came out yesterday or thereabouts, you see the same tendency. We live in a federation, we live in a federal government, we're on a federal system, and the, there's federal character principle. So those who trample on federal character principle are trampling on the unity of the country. It's as simple and as straightforward as that. And until that mindset is addressed, until that mindset is addressed, our federalism will remain fragile. It will remain a fragile system because you know how to gain compliance. You gain compliance by participation. If you take a decision and invite people after you have taken a decision, they tend not to be as committed as when they were part of the decision-making process. Are you getting me? Hello? Yes, so so my point is very clear that the, those who run this system should understand that this country stands on several legs. Today, this country can be said to stand on 36 legs. Let's not even go to the six legs of the old regions. We now have 36 legs. And every leg of a millipede is important to the millipede. So the idea that that kind of recruitment is ongoing is very sad. You cannot succeed in the drug fight when you try to colonize the agency by making it sectional. You cannot succeed. It's as simple and as straightforward as that. Thank you. Many thanks to you, Chief Ray Murphy, journalist, social critic, and chieftain of the All Progressive Congress (APC). Thank you very much. I'm glad. I'm glad to have had this opportunity to interact with you. And we hope to see more of you on this show. Oh, why not? Why not? At any time. You know, um, I'm a village man now, and you can uh, see how um, healthy I look out black. You know, Thank the you sun is very good for us here, and the farm produce is very good for us. I wish you, I wish more people will take the route I've taken to spend more time in their villages. Because at okay. the end of the day, at the end of the day, Abuja not be your house, so not be your village, or you will go home. Home. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. So, I know you said a lot about the APC Bank Convention yeah. and, of course, the controversy involving the NEA recruitment. And it makes it clear. We don't need all these things in order to achieve national integration and national cohesion. Uh, if it is time to go, our uh, time is fast. Thank you, viewers, for being with us. From the hour of 10 to this moment, one hour complete. Do with us tomorrow for another edition of Inside Nigeria. From here, this program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.